0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is Season 3, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely, and be encouraged by today's story. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Brenda Seafelt, who's coming today from Washington, D.C. She is an author, speaker, um, pastor of her new church, the Larger Story Church. How are you doing today, Brenda?
1: Oh, my goodness. It is 90 some degrees here in Washington, D.C. on June 1st. Oh. I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you like the warmer weather? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm a summer fan myself (laughs)
1: every day of it. And I will not complain. (laughs) Yeah. So today
0: we're going to talk about your book and how it came to be. Your book is called, I wish I could take away your pain. And I have to add the subtitle because that is very important how to be that compassionate friend. So I have to say, I've read this and I really enjoyed it. Um, Tell me how this book came to be for you
1: okay, I've lived a big life, I'm older now, but I've lived a pretty big, brave life. And I'm, you know, reflecting on it more and more as I'm approaching 60. And I started collecting these thoughts about those who have supported me through some of my big decisions that have hurt. And those of those who have been so unsupportive and have hurt me, through, you know, through the, the big and the brave decisions. And then I just started, you know, I just started making these notes. And I was like, this is something people need to know. Yeah, so I, yeah. I wrote it in a way. It's, it's not a regular book, as you've seen. No. Um, and I wrote but, it in that, on that way on purpose because I want it to be readable. and it's got, it's got doodles in there to help you feel the words as well as you read the words. It's 25, I forget, 25 pages only. It's it's readable in a day. And there's, a, there's three pages of a list there that the list alone is worth the book yes so that this is something that anybody can just tackle and not just not just the book readers but so we can learn to be better christians helping people going through real life pain
0: yes and i think is to really help people because <laughs> a lot of times we don't know what to say and that's that's part of our reality too
1: yes yes and that, I cover that in the book very well because we don't know what to say. Like, like my story has to do with prison. I've got two sons in prison and no one no one, one understands really what prison is. No one wants to um, have prison or crime be a part of their lives. Um, and what they do know, they might know on TV and that's you know not even close to right. reality. And so they don't know what to say. But there have been some people who have said the right thing or have done the right thing. Yeah. And those are the notes I pulled. And those are, you know, that's part of it. So that that awkwardness you feel on the other side of someone's pain is part of it, mm-hmm. but it's okay to have that awkwardness because it's more important that you're there in the awkwardness. Yes. And just trying that. to say something dismissive to get yourself out of the awkwardness. Yeah. That's not good.
0: Yeah. Now, how do you think someone could tell the difference between that? Like, if they have a thought pop in their mind (laughs) to (laughs) say to someone, no, should you almost think twice about it? And yeah,
1: I, I, yes. And I, and if, yes, this takes practice, of course, but ask yourself, what you hear in someone's pain and you start feeling that pain with them? do you want to remove yourself from that pain or are you okay to stay in that pain with them? Yes. And if you're okay to stay in that pain with them, then you won't say the thing that remove yourself from that pain. Yes. So many times, like I I call these, you know, your drive by prayers. Oh, I'll I'll be praying for you. You just took yourself away from my pain. Yeah. And I, I believe you'll be praying for me, but I don't believe you know how to pray for me. Because you didn't, I, I made you too uncomfortable. And that makes me want to become smaller. And I'm already feeling small because I have pain that is hard to put words on. Like I said, my pain is is that really scary, dark pain. It looks, my last 20 years of my life has been this really scary, dark pain of prison. Um, I've had pain before that. That's also been hard. And I know you don't understand it already. And then you just drive by prayer to me. I actually feel smaller and more alone than I ever have been. Yeah. I'm not glad I told you and I'm not glad I was seen in that moment. And then I, you know, when you, and when pain's already screaming at you and pain does lie to you, I don't need that. Right. (laughs) I don't need to feel smaller. I need, I need just to be seen. I need you to just see me and stay with me in it, even though your life hurts because of me. And I'm sorry, your life hurts because of me, but you get to go home at night and sleep. Yeah, And I have to sleep through my, my crazy thinking thoughts. So you hurt in this moment with me, but you still get to go home. Yeah. Um, But you've done me a great gift by staying with me as long as you could.
0: What do you think would be a better response than the drive by prayer?
1: Oh boy. Uh, There's so many good things you can do. Um, Um, you know, one is just, just, just listen, you know, and don't try to compare my pain to your pain. There's like no hierarchy or pain going on here. You know, I just hurt. And anyway, maybe my my story is dramatic because it involves prison and maybe your story, you, you feel like it's too small. It's not even worth someone's suffering with you, but that's not true because it really hurts for you. So you need somebody to also see you in that, I can't even dare call it a smaller pain, but what you're going through is just as hard as what I'm going through because it's the first time you're going through it, right? Mm -hmm. So having someone just hear you out without saying anything, without, you know, well, at least this didn't happen. Don't say the word, at least this didn't happen or something like that. Again, that's that's removing yourself from my pain. And then there's just the things you can do to help me feel normal again. Um, And that may be like the next day. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to go out for a nice lunch. And that nice lunch means I get to get clothes on that match. And the day before I could possibly never even do that. Yeah. But you are asking me to go to lunch. And because you heard me the day before I will try to put clothes on that match and meet you for lunch and try to, you know, be in the sunshine. And I think you will actually hear me at that lunch. Right. So I will again feel heard. And it does, Those are big steps when, you know, getting outdoors is a big step, putting on clothes that match is a big step when you're really down like that. And you've given me a path to do that because you didn't say something hurtful when I told you or your face didn't become fearful, you know, and that and those are just the small things. Sometimes um, in the long term, you know, get me to try something new, Mm -hmm. something, you know, Daringly new because this changes my stuckness. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, I can't yeah. really fathom. I got six weeks till the court date comes, so I got, you know, this is not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, so. But maybe in that six weeks time, we can learn to do something big, something interesting, big together. All of a sudden, I feel like I can accomplish something. Yeah. And that helps me feel like I can maybe make it through the whole court date.
0: Yeah. And you're making new positive memories. Yes.
1: Yes. And I'm not just stuck in the day in, day out of waiting for court to happen or whatever, you know, whatever similar situation is going on for that, you know, that next next doctor's appointment or just that it's something new and challenging that gets me out of my rut of thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, What would you say to
0: someone who's struggling today and hasn't do you think it's better to reach out to friends who will listen or to stay tucked away and not seek people around you?
1: No, please reach out. People are a part of our spiritual formation and we, we need them in our lives. Um, And we need trust in our lives. And of course, Something in this painful event, trust was broken some way, somehow in some major level and it's nothing to do with you. Right. But I need to be able to trust again. And so you jumping in as awkwardly, as vulnerably, you know, with you without having the answers for everything, you just trying and failing. And I can giggle about that is you showing me trust. Yeah and it helps me to find a pathway towards trust to trust you to trust human beings and to trust god yes because remember i don't don't sometimes in the dark of it i and i've been here I'm, I'm a pastor but i've been here where i don't see god as good because this is just what you know what happened <laughs> you know i we were here and now we're here and god where 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 were you in that collapse? And I, when you jump in without knowing every answer, I see God's face again. Yeah. I can start trusting God again. And then when I'm through, because pain always ends, you know, it's this tunnel we got, we have to go through. We can't get stuck in it by numbing ourselves or diverting ourselves. We have to go through this whole tunnel of pain. But when I get to the other side of it, my view of God changes but it's always bigger and more to do with trust yes that has a lot to do with the people that have come and surrounded me during that time yeah and I will never forget those people they're yeah. all not they're all not in my life right now but I will never forget what they have done for me now how
0: do you think you can identify someone who's safe to come to and to trust when you are feeling
1: down that's a very good question I have learned to make a list of people now, especially with my situation. Um, When I meet people and I I could sense they might be someone like this, I will actually put them on a list and I will say to them, my life has had some really dark times. And I sometimes sometimes I need, it's two things. Sometimes I just cannot pray any longer. And can I text you to pray on my behalf? Because when I start praying, my mind starts wandering. And, you know, again, where is God? Why didn't he do what we were asking? You know, and I, I you know, I just, I just can't pray because then I can't sleep. And I go, my mind goes crazy. So I just turn these, turn these prayer requests over to people that I've made a list for. So that's my first list. And then there's the second list of those who I believe will just really get inside of it with me. Yeah. yeah. And that's, an, that's an even smaller list. And. I just have them now at the ready because I, I just know with, with my life, I'm not done with this life of, of prison going on right now. So I just have them at the ready mm-hmm. and it's, it's worked doing this about 20 years now. And my, again, my list changes, um, but everybody who's asked um, has never disappointed me because I've asked them beho- beforehand and then they're ready. And then when life has taken us in different directions, I understand that. And there's no like, oh, you left me, you betrayed me. It's just where life goes. Right, but for those moments, they did deliver. And again, it just leads me to learn how to trust again.
0: Yeah. yeah. So if you could compare how it was 20 years ago, when this first started to happen, and now,
1: what do you think has changed the most for you? Oh, you know, my last big breakdown was about Seven years ago. I had a pretty tragic public arrest happen with my son and it made the six o'clock news. <laughs> um, so it was bad. So I but I can say I was only down, if I was like non-functioning for about three weeks. Yeah. And I think that's because I had everything set up in place for to, you know, to walk through this. And I also think I learned um I learned about tunnels and I learned that pain does end. And that yeah. also that also helped me, help me, if, if, you know, with the, this wasn't my son's first arrest. I've already had practice, uh, sadly. Um, but I also knew more what to expect. And I just, you know, get wiser and wiser with this. And I've had previous times when I just learned I learned about the court system. So I was ready for it better. But I say like in 1990, I had a, you know, crisis of faith. I was a pastor, and I was really wounded by uh, by men in the church. And you know, it was it was, you know, in comparison, nothing like I've been going through the last twenty years with um, this situation. But in nineteen ninety, I was you know twenty seven years old, and I felt my crisis, my faith was in crisis, and I was going to walk away, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was nothing, but. This was the first time somebody really stepped in and carried me. And she's this person not in my life anymore. She hasn't been in my life since 1991. Wow. So, so she was there with me for a season, but she taught me everything about this. And I got through the other side and just going through that tunnel once with somebody really, I mean, just carrying me for 18 months at least. Where I was, you know, my faith was on the line and taught me so much. And it it prepared me for the bigger, braver decisions that came later on in my life. But if I hadn't gone through that whole tunnel of pain, and if I hadn't been um, supported by just this one friend, you know, I don't know if my faith would have survived for one. And I don't know if my view of God would have turned out to be so big and so brave. Where yeah. I could, I understand that we're hardwired for pain yeah. and God is with us for the larger story. There's a purpose for that church name. And if we go through the whole tunnel of it, um, the world's a more beautiful, better place because this is, God's going to redeem every bit of it. Men. But I, I learned it from that one friend who's not been my friend since 1991, but yeah. I will never forget what she did for me. Yeah. I love the
0: analogy of the tunnel, and maybe this is a little weird, but you know you always hear there's the light at the end of the tunnel, but right. we don't necessarily think of the tunnel and being in the tunnel. so yeah. can you talk about that experience for you? What was it like in the tunnel?
1: Oh boy, um it feels like it is never going to end, and you feel like this is the new normal and the new normal is dark, and you don't see God and you, your mind is crazy and you can't sleep at night and you get all these what if thoughts going on. Um But I, I read something a couple of years ago, some, some, some neuroscience. And basically it said, all our, all our emotions go through tunnels. We just have to go through the tunnel to get to the other side of the ocean. And of course it's light at the end of the tunnel that's been said for a very, very, very long time. And of course, for me, that believes Jesus is waiting for me at the end of in the tunnel and at the end of the tunnel he's with me through the entire thing and then to have neuroscience die you know describing e- emotions that way I'm like oh that's how god made our brains yes we just have to go through the whole tunnel but sometimes when we're in that tunnel we want to get out of it and yeah. have, this is where we do the we do the numbing decisions or we do the regretful decisions because we're reacting right and then we have to go through, we have other emotions that come up, which means we have more tunnels <laughs> and we just get stuck and stuck. And that stuckness, it feels overwhelming, but that's why you have people. That's right. These <laughs> People are the ones that have to say, we're, we're with you all the way through. Come on out. You know, I'm here in it. We're going to walk through it and you're not going to do something stupid in the middle of it. And all along the way, God is faithful. You know, it's. And, and I've learned, I've learned how, how God is in the darkness. There is, you know, we have this light and dark binary thing in the Bible and God is in the light and in the darkness, the, the satanic works, which is very true, but I found a string of verses where God is also in the darkness.
0: Yeah. Where's that ad? Do you remember? Oh
1: yes. There is a verse in Exodus 20, 21, I believe it is where it says, um, in the darkness, God was, and this is Moses. And then you, you hear about the, the the pillar of fire at night, but in the daytime there was a pillar also, and that I believe was a dark was a dark cloud versus the, the light so they could see it, because in this in Solomon, that um, the book of Solomon. But when Solomon built the temple and the, the glory of God filled the temple, it says it was was dark clouds yeah build the temple so I, that just streams to me and then on good friday dark clouds were with jesus yeah god came near i think in the dark clouds again yes and there's a couple other verses the psalm 139 there's a verse also where dark and light are the same to god and it's, so it's not this like binary thing as much as satan is in the, is has dark works and god is still there yes dreaming for his glory yes he loves us and he pursues us and he woos us and in that darkness is where he moves
0: mm, amen yeah and i know and the verse that says what satan intended for evil god intends for good he will yes. use it even the darkness yes nowhere is too far away from god yes yeah. absolutely um, let's back up just a second. I think it's important to talk about the numbing that we can do sometimes. Yeah. Can you
1: give us an idea of what numbing can look like? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, Drinking the extra glass of wine every night or three extra glasses of wine. Um, anything to do with substances, you know, stuff like that. Um, our phones, we, um, our phones, we, distract ourselves in other people's lives. So we spend three hours. I mean, you just get lost, but that's a numbing behavior where you take yourself out of your own present pain. Um, Crazy busy, like saying you're crazy busy and you're, you're overworking yourself or um, crazy busy has become this term of value. Like, like how important I am. I'm crazy busy. We're in pain. We don't feel very important any longer. So to find that identity of being crazy busy and jumping in and doing too many projects or too much, out, too many hours at work or too many projects at church, you know, um, just to, that's, that's all numbing behavior. Rebounding into to bad relationships, that that's numbing. Um, that's not definitely not going through the tunnel, but short circuiting what the healing work that can be done after a broken relationship, which is very, very painful. And it yeah. needs to be recognized as just as painful as what I've gone through with the prison system that is just as painful. So those are some of the biggies, but there's so many, um, losing your boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to go help everybody else now because you're in pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just a numbing behavior and you're exhausting yourself. Yeah. It feels like numbing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically,
1: anything that takes you away
0: from um, that takes you away from what the process is trying to do
1: in you, right? Yes. So, yes. Right? Yes. Um, and you can almost, if you recognize what numbing is, you can almost see yourself making that decision. Yeah. You know, too, you know, too much Netflix because you just can't deal any longer. Now, that's saying there are times, especially like I said, I spent through like a month of this seven years ago. There were times all I could do was watch sports, which is what, that's my, that's my fun, my time yeah. off to watch sports. That's all I could do. That's okay. I had people in my life saying that was okay. You know, I wasn't diverting. I was just hoping to get through the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And because people in my life watching me, I wasn't getting lost in it as a numbing pain. I was just having a chance to rest my brain. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that there's something to be said for that too. While there definitely is um, numbing and numbing behavior, there's also rest. Mm -hmm.
1: So what do you think the difference is between those two things? Oh, a big one is having people who see you to let you know if you've lost your balance in that. Yes. Um, If you're trying to hide from people, that might be a sign that you're numbing. I think I'm going to stay with those two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can get any wiser than that in this moment. And I don't want to pick up something silly. Those oh, no. two are just really, really um, good. And the more you, you learn about pain and, you know, your podcast is doing that, the more you can start seeing there's hope for the end of, you know, there's this hope for the end of this tunnel.
0: That's right. And
1: I'm not stuck in this forever. Someone, someone else got through it. I can get through this. Find your people so that you can get through this.
0: Yeah. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but you were talking about hope and the idea of the tunnel somewhere I read uh, where they took the word hope and broke it down into hold on, pain ends. That's in my book. Is it in your book? <laughs> That's why I thought but, of it. <laughs> but I didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, I just saw that recently. That's hilarious.
1: Yes. It, but exactly. And that, yes. Um, I don't know where I saw it. It was, you know, some, I know it was like some undocumented meme. Some I don't, I'm not taking stealing credit, but, um, but I love it. Yes. Because hope is hope is seeing pain through the end of the tunnel. Hope is make, is making a plan B.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you ever heard any of that? Or do you know what I mean by that?
0: I do. Yeah. Can okay. you
1: explain it though? That's, yeah. That's a, that's a whole brain thing that just woo, opened my brain. Cause it was like, it was science and her research found out that when we get stuck on our plan A, you know, i our, our plan A is we've got this far with our son and we're, he's really on his feet again. And oh, there he goes back committing crimes. Again, my plan, I could I stuck in my plan. A and this is what God is supposed to do is when I grow hopeless and mm-hmm. I get angry with God because this is my supposed to. And plan A was really good. I mean, really it's a good plan to get our son to a point where he doesn't want to commit crimes. But my plan B then is having the ability to change the plan because I have the perseverance inside of me to change the plan because I believe God has something good for me to happen. Yes. And so I have the ability to make that plan B or plan M. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes, because God is going to redeem the situation. Yeah. That is where our hope is. Hope yeah. is more something that we do than what we can offload to God. Yes. If we Offload it to God because stuck stuck in our plan A, you know, this is the plan. This is God's going to do this. I'm going to offload it to God. When really hope is something that's within our power. And it often has um, Joe Saxon has his quote, hope is oh, blessed, hope is bloody fists. Yeah, and that's yeah. because we are in it. And we're going to find that plan B, a plan C, because God is going to redeem this. Yeah.
0: And I know when you're in the middle of it, it is, it's is—it's hard to keep hoping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What so do you say to someone today who feels like they don't see hope right now?
1: Then let me see hope for you. Or find that person and you'll have to see hope for you. Yeah. And let them be the ones to carry you for the season and to just to pray for you when you can't pray any longer, to just tell you for the 50,000th time, the same thing, because you're only hearing it half the time anyway, you know, so let them repeat it to you every day and let them carry the hope until you get to see it again.
0: What would you say to someone who feels like they don't have anyone to talk to? This is
1: going to be a big, brave act of trust that you have got to start actively looking and just ask and just asking someone straight out. So maybe um, you know, good place to start is at a church with an older lady, just because they're weathered and smart and wise, and they are probably trustworthy, and full of integrity, because they've just lived for years. You just have to boldly and bravely and vulnerably ask them if they can step into this with you, you know, yeah. and hopefully you watch, you watch them a little bit to know that they're not the gossipy type. Cause you stay away from that. Right. <laughs> from that. But for those, those godly older saints that you probably wouldn't dream of having coffee with, but maybe for this season are exactly who you need. Yeah, and that's, that's a, it's so, you have to trust to ask, but that's a good one to trust. Yeah. You know, then maybe she can introduce you to two other people and suddenly you'll have a circle. Yeah. You're going to have to really vulnerably ask, but I think somebody older, wiser, you've been watching would not be afraid of your pain. Yeah. Because they've lived enough already.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that sometimes God has a way of working through each of us to reach into people's lives and to help show that hope and show that comfort because we've seen God's hope and his comfort.
1: Yes. yes. And I I hope people like you who've been through it and through, you know, the tunnel all the way through, and people like me, I hope we are people can see that in our lives. Yes. Um, you know, there's a, a saying I've been saying a lot at church lately. Um, we come to Christ because we're so broken. And then when, once we start coming to church, we stop being broken any longer because we're not supposed to be. And that's the exact opposite of what we're, we, you know, we need to be broken in our churches so that people can see God through us. Yes. And so, so this is for the rest you know of you who are listening if you've been through pain and you really feel like you can handle somebody's pain, make yourself known. Yes. So that those people who are have to do the brave asking and to trust you to ask you to hold their pain can do it because they see you first. Right. So let, yes. let yourself be seen and known that you're not afraid of too much pain.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things with, with my podcast, if I could encourage my audience to do one thing once you're through that tunnel reach out yeah yeah god can use every bit of it and all that stuff that hurts now or hurt then you can help someone with that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so how did you see god through like weaved throughout with his faithfulness throughout your journey then
1: time i mean again larger story god he holds our larger story, and if you see God with this larger story view, all of a sudden it's easier. And I, you know, I think I'm just like I said, I'm 59 this year, so it's it's. I've seen God be faithful a lot. I've made a lot of brave decisions to live a not ordinary life, and it's hurt very badly. And God has been very faithful through it and on the other side of it which makes me, um, in hindsight, um, see, like I can, you know, I, okay, got it. I, You know, I can handle the next one. I think, I think, um, or shorter, I don't know. I think, um, but I see just this, this other side of things. And I'm just going to share, um, the, the boys I've raised, I did not give birth to. I, I, they were part of my ministry. They were, they were at risk and I ended up raising them and that's a whole other beautiful story. Um, and when I got married, um, the boys and I were a package with my husband and um, we all married John on our day, on our, on my wedding day. And that was that's that's the beautiful story. Um, but we just had our 25th wedding anniversary. And the only thing I wanted to do for that wedding anniversary was to have dinner with my boys. Yeah, You know, I, only, I can only do it with, I have four, well, I only do it with two of them because two are in prison. Um, but the two came from their, you know, living from their productive lives and came and had dinner and spent a couple of days with us. And my one boy said, thank you for giving us a happy childhood. On this side of it, I mean, they put me through so much. But on this side of it, they had a happy childhood. They're in their 40s. They love Jesus. I've got six beautiful grandchildren who have known that they were wanted the day they were born. And my own boys can't say that. Yeah. This, this is the larger story Yes. and it is big and it is beautiful. And it is worth every bit of the pain. I was not afraid to go through as a pain of the decisions I made to, you know, maybe be in pain. It was worth every bit of it to hear my son say, that they had a happy childhood. Mm. So that's what I say. It is worth it. Beautiful. Oh. I'm living the story and I still cry about it. Oh no. <laughs> and I hear your heart, your mom, ma- your mama's heart. I hear it. And that's the heart that God
0: has for us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's never left us. Right. Oh. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience?
1: buy the book (laughs) (laughs) really great unique book please buy the book (laughs) is it on amazon there's a kindle version on amazon um i'm i'm shipping out the hard copy version um because with it i think you got you got this with it i put a card in it i love that card i know tell people what they get (laughs) that's it this is pretty important the book is only ten dollars you order it through my website um, but you get this card and this is, this is again, the book is so unique and it's full of doodles to, to go with the words. It's an emotional book, but you get this card and it says on the front side, I wish I could take away your pain. I also promised to, to not tell you that everything happens for a reason. And you open it up and it says, I'm sorry this is happening to you. I'm not afraid of your pain. I won't have all the answers, but I will be here for you. With coffee, snacks, and my not perfect wisdom. We will find God in this horrible thing together.
0: Yes. I that, don't know if you have it available to buy the card separately, but you I, should make it. <laughs> I I do. Also yes. on my website, I do I think it's so a great idea.
1: Yes. This is this is the card. This is a card your friend wants to receive. And to hear that this is your promise that they can because you can read these words and understand. And this is the card you can have to tell your friend. If you're one of those ones on the other side of pain and saying, here I am, here I am, I want to be here for you. You can give this to your friend to say, I can be this person. So they can ask you this trusting question, but it'd be a whole lot easier when they receive this card first, Yes, which is why the book and the card goes together. And Amazon didn't allow that. So I'm going to do my my own website because I think it's so important. Yes.
0: Yes. And I love that. I really do. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> so how can my
1: audience find you after they listen to our podcast? <laughs> awesome. Um, I write um, about this story and all these brave decisions at bravester.com. It's brave with S T E com. You can order the book on there. It's on the front page. It's very easy to find, um, lots of writing on there. Um, I pastor this really great church, full of broken people. That maybe that's what I attract. Um, maybe that's how I teach. And um, we meet through Zoom. We have people coming from ten different states. So it's if you feel a little disconnected in your own church, you will find some human connection, some good people you can trust. You can ask to walk through your pain with you through my church, because perhaps that is how I pastor. <laughs> and that's at largeststorychurch.com. You're, you're definitely invited.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming and talking with us today. Me and my body. <laughs> Thanks for loving my very unique book. Thank you. It's very unique. And, and I think very helpful for people who want to be better friends to people when they're in those painful times. Yes. Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey.